got the podcasting fever. This is two in a week, and uh, who knows how often I'll come out with this. I don't have a plan to get one out once a week or twice a month or ten times a day. I've just sort of thought if something strikes my fancy, I will hit the record button, and uh, if uh, everything's quiet, all the better. So, this is episode two of the Vanderhill Variety Hour. I don't know why I named it that. I think I just didn't want to shoehorn myself into one thing or another. But once again, this is a podcast that's for uh, the youth group at Threads Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. But by all means, if you're dropping by and want to hear my random thoughts about anything and everything, then uh, feel free. Feel free to tell your friends. Um, the vast majority of my audience so far will know this story. But I wanted to talk about the time that we built a table at church. It's a little random, I know. Um, But the reason I want to talk about that is because I've been thinking a lot about how all anyone can talk about is coronavirus and how it's going to affect X, Y, Z. It's going to affect their life in this way and their friend has it and their mom is worried and their grandpa's not worried and their business needs to keep running and on and on and on. And the thing I keep noticing the most is how many people um, are making it about politics. What is such and such leader or so and so business person doing or not doing? And look, that's important and all, but it's a little exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting because it's not helpful to point the finger if you're not going to do anything about it. Now, I'm all about empowering people to talk to their leaders and... um, However they they feel like they need to be involved, if you need to join a rally or go phone bank or donate money or start a podcast, (laughs) however you feel like you need to be involved, it's all very important and I'm glad you do it. And uh, if you're you're thinking about doing something, then then do it. Get off your couch and uh, do it remotely, probably at the moment. Um... But there's a piece in there that's not helpful. It's the getting angry at so-and-so for not doing enough. Now, I can see a amount of righteous anger if you have gotten off your couch and gotten on your phone and made a thousand phone calls and still nothing is happening for your specific line of work or for your life. I can see the frustration. And we watch the news every day, 
and there's things that should make us angry. The president stands up there and he makes remarks every day. He uses his platform to try to get himself elected. That's annoying. That shouldn't be the focus of this time. He wants to put his name on the checks that are coming out to every citizen who uh, qualifies. He didn't have anything to do with it. It should be the signature of the Secretary of the the Treasury. Um, (laughs) I don't even, I don't know who that is. I don't care. I don't care whose name is on the checks. It just, it seems like such a brazen thing. And he gets up there and he says all the right things and, and, well, not all the right things. When he says the wrong things, though, there's usually an expert that steps up to the podium and says, you know, the correction. Now, all of this, uh, I don't want, to, before before you get alienated or before you get all rah-rah, the thing that I don't like about this is that he stands up there and he shakes hands with everyone and they all use the same microphone and they all touch the same podium and there's a very brave press corps that is sitting in a room full of people that's very dangerous and if you don't participate in this spectacle then you get berated by the president feels weird I mean we should be maybe it's a good thing we're not used to how weird things are it shows us like what I talked about in my last episode that this is not how things should be and I assure you I'm not getting political I'm not choosing a side and and I don't want you to listen to this and then help you to choose a side. I I don't. I really don't. I'm using this as a platform to point out that things are not as they should be. And I think that as a pastor you can you can get roped into um preaching politics or going the other way and saying I'm never ever going to have politics from the pulpit my grandpa was a pastor for um, a long time uh, 1944 I think I could be wrong about that I know he retired in 1988 so we'll round to 45 years I, I don't know exactly what it what it was but a long long time he always said that he kept politics out of the pulpit. But when that came for came time to do the right thing, he was there in the room advocating. He was a pastor in Chicago during uh, a time of uh, civil rights and he would never have told me this story. He never would have you know, bigged himself up about anything. But I was told the story of uh, a time where he was in a in a meeting uh, of a bunch of different church leaders from all around Chicago, and he got thrown up against a wall by his lapels and told to 
stop supporting those well you can fill in the blank I mean this is a man who put love into action and he kept it out of the pulpit now I don't know if he was right to do that um, he's right about a lot of things so I gotta respect that and I never want my personal politics to influence people. We can voice frustrations here and there. That's perfectly fine. But here's the the story that most of my audience will know. And this is something I'm so proud of um, to have played a small part in. Um, a couple of, uh, about a year and a half ago. Our church, Threads, did a, a, a message on, um, you know, I can't even remember the, the, the meat and bones of it, and of course I didn't look it up, but um, this was right around the time um, of the midterms elections, right before uh, November in 2018. And there was this big thing, if you can remember far enough back, um, the news was all about the uh, caravan of illegals coming through Mexico, seeking asylum. And it was a very polarizing time, and um, there was one side of the spectrum, you can guess which side, that was saying, see, this is why we need to build a wall on the Mexico-US border. And there was another side that I thought, at the time I thought this was very clever from them, they said, no, we shouldn't be building walls between people, we should be building bridges between people. And now here's the thing, so we plan our sermon series uh, months in advance. So this was in the works a long time before all of this rhetoric hit the news, and if you've been paying attention to the news in the last, oh, I don't know, I'd say eight, ten years, things move very quickly. A main story doesn't stay in the news more than two weeks. And so we're months ahead of this news story hitting that we plan this series. And the visual image for this series was we built a fence and we put it in the front of the gathering space and there was messages written on it and each week the the topic you know was from one of the slats in the fence and it was written on the slat in this fence and then we would um, take a sledgehammer and hammer that slat out and to and we just kind of left them laying around so there's kind of some some rubble it's kind of construction-y it created a good visual and we're talking about all kinds of things. We're not talking about, you know, building walls or building bridges or whatever. Um, but I can tell you that there were people in the congregation, in the family, that were thinking they knew exactly where we were going. Thinking about, oh, we're going to tear down walls. I see. I see where this is headed. And some people were 
conflicted by that. Some people were very uh, happy about it. Some people were probably silently angry about it. And at the end, now you, you, you can see where this is going, you think, right? You think we're going to say at the end of the series, see, we destroyed the fence. Mission accomplished. But what we did was we took those pieces of rubble and we took them back to someone's house and we built a table. And that table is our communion table to this day. Man, I miss communion. (laughs) It's one of those weird things. Just as an aside, that's just one of those weird things that you don't think about, but... And I miss going up to the table and participating in a time-honored tradition of community and food and spiritual and physical togetherness. There's so much more to communion than that. And we'll talk about it in future weeks, I'm sure. But the very simple act of having a meal together is... That's something I miss. And maybe we'll all appreciate it more when we come back. But the beautiful imagery of tearing down a wall and building, not a bridge, but a a table, a place of community. See, the thing is that as Christians, we are not supposed to engage in any type of us versus them. We're supposed to embrace the other. And I apologize if you can hear my dog snoring. (laughs) You'd think he'd have enough sleep. Um, Anyway, I love that imagery of the table. And we also, we do that same sort of thing in other ways. We, um, We turn the other cheek we walk a mile in someone else's shoes. We build wells, not fences. Then on the Australian outback, it's there's too many acres. I mean, to make a very long story short, there's these huge, huge herds of animals. And instead of building fences to keep them separate from other herds and blending into other people's property and eating other people's grass, they build wells to gather the animals to one place to keep track of them. So they know that if they, if they build a place where they feel safe and where they can come and congregate and get the thing that they need most, then they won't stray too far from it. And that's what church is. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to build a nourishing, safe community where we can be fed. Not a place of division and, and hatred. And so I'll try to tie this all back together. <laughs> We're not supposed to engage in divisive politics. We are supposed to be a voice of love and have 
a place of nourishment that has a signpost towards the kingdom of God. There's a reason that Jesus preached to turn the other cheek. And again, if you're in my regular audience, I harp on this all the time. But it's a good reminder, especially in this today, today's climate. Jesus preached, turn the other cheek, because when you are struck human to human, one human striking another and diminishing their humanity, if instead of lashing out or running away, you turn to them your other cheek, you have to pass by them and look them in the eye, engaging at a much deeper level. And perhaps a better metaphor Jesus goes on to talk about is saying, if someone asks you to walk a mile, walk two. And this one's kind of fun. It's, it's real tricky. It's very tricky of Jesus. Because at the time, there was Roman law, and Rome was over Israel at the time. And they... Um, they had this law where a Roman soldier could make any subject uh, carry his pack for a mile, but not any more than that because um, there was a fear that they would abuse that power and then the people that were subjugated would start to resent even more the Roman rule. And so when Jesus said, when someone asks you to walk a mile, walk further, walk another mile. Now, most people at the time would, would either risk imprisonment or worse by, say, by refusing the order to walk a mile, or they would do it begrudgingly and hate it every minute. And Jesus says, now walk a second mile. Because at that moment, if you, you've reached a mile carrying someone else's pack, and you continue to walk, then they have to either force you to put it down, and therefore they realize your humanity in that moment. Oh man, treating this person like an animal, carrying my stuff for me. I have to force them to put it down because then the Roman soldier is breaking the law. Or they can let them take it. Let they can let you carry their pack for them. And in that moment, you have time for, A, to just be a servant to someone. Say, look, I'm the same as you. It opens up dialogue. It opens up a chance for a relationship to actually understand the person who you see as an oppressor. That maybe he's just a working Joe, you know a soldier who's doing a job. And maybe he gets a chance to know who you are. Why don't you like that we're here? I mean, really. I mean, we get it, but really. What do you do? Do you have any kids? And you connect on a deeper level. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. Not yell at each other. And again, we can be frustrated, but that, that frustration is not born out of 
anger towards humans. It's an anger at the world being broken. It's frustration that we think we might have an answer and no one's listening. Listen to each other. You have a good suggestion, tell your your family member or your classmate, if you're listening outside of my bubble, your your coworker. But listen to their suggestion. I'm so guilty of this. I I hear some idea and I shoot it down as a bad idea immediately. Because I think I'm more informed or have a higher IQ or something. I, I need to work on that. I need to tear that away. And actually listen to that person's suggestion and come to it from a place of this has merit. We're both trying to work towards a place of harmony. We both recognize that the situation is broken and we want it to be fixed. At the end of the day, does it matter who fixed it? Does it matter who broke it? Nobody created the coronavirus. It's not some boogeyman out to get us. So let's do our best to not see it as a fearful thing that it is, but to see it as an opportunity to come together as all humans everywhere and fix something. I mean, isn't it a little bit amazing that every human on the planet is virtually doing the same thing at the same at this very moment? Isolating in their house, trying to stave off boredom and depression and trying to connect in other ways. Isn't that kind of cool? I mean, it sucks, but isn't it like sort of neat? I mean, I'd give it up to the people who are doing things. Give it up to the healthcare workers and service people and uh, people who work in the food industry. Give it up to politicians. They're working hard. They don't want to be in this mess. And give it up to you. Give it up to yourself for hanging in there, for talking to people, for occupying your time. And if you're one of these real above and beyond people that has a lot of great ideas, give it up to yourself for, for calling your congressperson or, or whatever you've done, giving some money to a food bank or a homeless shelter. Let's celebrate the heroes. And let's build tables, especially when this is all done. Let's get back to some community. We're capable of a lot of things because we're empowered by a God who loves us and is full of creativity and has given us access to some of that creativity. Okay, guys, hang in there. Continue to stay safe. Um, my name's Caleb. If you don't know, you do, because there's like three people listening right now. <laughs> I kind of love it. Uh, we're going to get through this. This too shall pass. See you next time.